Alright guys, this is probably episode 5, although I did record an episode previously and was going to edit it and then just fell off the complete bandwagon and did not do anything with it and don't really know how to use Anchor that well and just don't have the time to put a lot of energy into this uh, in terms of making it fancy at this particular juncture. Anyway, um, to recap, it's pretty amazing what happened recently. Not only am I having psychic experiences with the reality TV series Project Runway, but I had an incredible experience the other day involving the land purchase that I've been working on. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I spent about six months to seven months diligently looking anytime I had any spare time for a place uh, where I could buy land. And it was a really exhaustive process. I was in CAD. I was overlaying uh, screenshots of maps. I was, you know, scaling them and rotating them. And it was insane. I was drawing, you know, the boundaries over the future flood maps put out by Lori Toy from her atlas. Uh, my goodness, there were so many. I was overlaying um, nuclear sites, uh, maps, uh, you know, uh, crime maps, all kinds of things like that. It took me a very long time to get to a point where I had narrowed it down. Um, and in the end, I did not get all my criteria, but I did get the really, I think, the most important ones, and I'm very excited. But let me tell you the story of how the land purchase actually happened, because today is the day that I wired the money and the deed is now being um, processed. It has been notarized and it is being sent to the county, and I will have my paper copy soon, and I have a, a digital copy of it. So the land was actually closed on today. Woo! I wish I had uh, sound effects. <laughs> um, it's a really big deal. I've wanted to buy land my entire adult life, and I'm finally doing it. It's extremely scary and adventurous, and I'm just going for it because, frankly, um, and I will get into this. I know I keep alluding to this. Um, I will get into the reasons why in a future you know, set of podcasts. So this has really been the prime directive and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm safe before I start getting into that stuff. Um, where I currently am, I don't think it's safe. Um, I mean, I live in one of the most safe neighborhoods in the state that I'm living in, but, and in the County, but <laughs> overall it's run by someone who is not putting it's the citizens um first at all um he's doing very dangerous things like extremely dangerous things like releasing over 83,000 violent rapists and murderers into the general population um right after the police were defunded uh so that's the sort of thing I'm talking about but anyway so the way that this land purchase happened it was quite amazing to me and I'm still really in awe of it so being a student of the law of attraction, I taught myself how to use it about, it took me about 10 years to figure out, you know, some tricks that work for me. And um, I don't always use it. And I'm, you know, like a normal person who, you know, I fall off the bandwagon constantly. In fact, I probably spend more time off the horse in the rutted gravel road uh, 
with muddy water running over me than I do on the horse galloping freely <laughs> through the countryside. But uh, such is life. But anyway, so um, I was feeling really bummed out uh, last week, probably about four or five days ago now. Um, maybe it was only three days ago. I don't know. But uh, so much happens on a daily basis these days. It's really, truly incredible and overwhelming to some degree at times because of the world we live in. But anyway, so one of the things that had had happened um, was basically one of my uh, co-tenants here, neighbor, um, who I've spent a lot of time with over the last several years. I go out into the common space by the pool and she's there and, you know, we're, we, we hang out and we've talked a lot. I've helped her through a lot of ups and downs in her life. And, um, you know, we just bonded and became friends. We got, go out for drinks, um, and stuff like that. So anyway, she said that she is just going to bail on this situation. She's been looking for a house. She started looking before the whole, fiasco with the on-site manager exploded um and she found a house with her friends in north hollywood and it's she said she got a good deal on it and there's a pool and there's um i, I don't know if there's space for her dog but anyway she seems really happy and she was really stressed out about it so i'm really happy for her but at the same time she said she was just like leaving in a month and it hit me kind of hard because it felt really sudden um we had been talking for really, really like weeks. I mean, maybe even months about, you know, the situation and how we were going to fight it and yada, yada, yada. And to hear that she was suddenly going to be gone really hurt, kind of like hit me hard. Uh, cause it was, you know, moving is tough and, uh, certainly changing your whole life and leaving for another state is, is a big thing. And going out into the desert and living off of the grid is a really big thing. So, I kind of wasn't really ready for losing my sort of community, you know, that suddenly. So I, I was really down in the dumps and it was really tough for me to pull myself out. I was kind of like in a hole emotionally. And so, you know, I just went for a walk cause I try to go for a walk. Uh, if I can every day, it's a bare minimum. I'm not really a fitness nut. So I just, if I can go for a walk then you know, I feel like I've done something and we live on a really nice hill. And so it's actually a pretty good workout, um, workout, quote unquote, you know, it's good exercise. Let's put it that way. Anyway, so I went on this walk. I thought maybe it would lift my spirits. And as I'm leaving my house and kind of turning up the street, I'm within, I'm in the first block or so. I know I was on the, I was on my block. I was on my street. It was just a, maybe like I was 20 feet away from my gate. And the thought occurred to me, you know, um, cause she hadn't just told me she's leaving. She actually would, had gone to, sorry, I, I'm telling this out of order, but, um, there were, there were more factors. So rewind a little bit. She had told me she was going to North Carolina for a week. She went to North Carolina, came back and kind of disappeared on me. She does. She wouldn't really, she never had any time to talk about anything ever. She didn't even say hi when I would come outside. It was like, she was just working and working, working nose to the grindstone, head in computer. And that actually kind of made me feel even more isolated because even though she was like going to be gone in a month, it was like, she was already gone. So I forgot to tell you that part. So anyway, so I'm walking up my driveway on my walk and hoping to clear my head and somehow improve my mood. Um, and you know, I'm just like thinking, you know, if someone's going to sort of drop you and not even say hello and really just pull into themselves and, you know, act like that, then being upset over losing them is a waste of your time. You know what I mean? Like don't, 
mourn the loss of something that isn't really feeding you <laughs> in any significant way. So that like, for some reason, and, and then I thought to myself, you know, and then just think I, de I decided in that moment, I was like, and I'm going to just focus on what I'm moving towards, not on what I'm moving away from. And it was a me, it was amazing. Cause as I had those thoughts, like something just lifted out of me and I shed this like dark cloud over me or something. And I felt better. I just felt better again all of a sudden it was like I had shaken something off of me that had been stuck so I was so relieved when that happened I went on my walk I came back and I weirdly decided even though the contract for the five acre property that I have been working on buying for literally several months now um had been sent to the seller uh, with for revisions um, after I reviewed it with my attorney and we had asked for construction specifications this was my attorney's idea that they provide construction detail that actually shows exactly what I'm buying as far as a shade structure and water catchment and all of that stuff and I'm thinking okay this is the last stage they just provide this and then I sign and we're done and we can move forward right well so there was no reason for me to want to go online and look for land, but for some reason I did. And it was weird. It was like, I remember thinking at the time, this is odd that I'm doing this, but you know, usually I just kind of try to take the observer seat when things happen that seem a little odd. Um, I don't know how else to explain that because, but I've just had enough sort of psychic and paranormal experiences in my life to know when to sort of just follow and watch, see what happens, see what's going on. And sure enough, so I go online and I look, um, I don't even, th I think I might've even just like typed it into a search engine. Um, but immediately the first listing that popped up was it had a picture and the picture is <laughs> still blows my mind. It had a, an aerial photograph showing an, this new parcel. It was five acres and it was just to the south of the acreage that I, I was working on buying. And I was just, I recognized that property immediately because it really stands out in the surrounding landscape. It's very distinct. And I've looked in Google, Google Earth and everything many, many times. So I immediately recognized it and I was sort of just stunned. Like, what are the odds that, that that's the first thing? First of all, that that's the first listing that comes up. Second of all, that it's just to the south by just a few streets you know, or a few, a few country roads, if you will, um, away. So, and it's five acres and I was just, and it's only 8,200 bucks. And the other property that I've been, con you know, working on the contract for and all of that negotiating with, you know, waiting for the sellers and all this, it was 40,000. Um, and I was just kind of like, this seems uncanny. So then I wrote to the, I wrote to the seller of this new parcel. And then, you know, I was like, I'm interested in this and, you know, that yada, yada. And, you know, it was just this nice interchange and, and it went fairly smoothly and quickly. And there were texts and, you know, the next morning I, she, you know, she, she, we talked on the phone and she was very nice and yada, yada. And I said, you know, I'd like to, you know, maybe think about it or go do some due diligence. And, and she told me, you know, she doesn't even need to have me do any kind of down payment or earnest money. She, she'll just give me the week to decide and she'll hold it for me for free. And I just thought, well, okay. And what's so weird. So I did all this. There's so many things about this that are weird, but anyway, I, I, you know, I took up my blank book and I, I was really trying to deliberate because 
I started to really realize that I was feeling uncomfortable about the first partial. I was feeling weird about the, the, the sellers. They were, um, I don't know. They're really, really nice people. I could tell that. Um, but it, they're just, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt clunky. It felt like I was spending all this time waiting on them and I had anxiety and I didn't, I never at, at any point felt really confident that it was actually that I, that it was mine, even though they said it's yours, you know, sorry about the delay and that kind of thing. That's you, it's yours. Don't worry. Um, not that I had vo vocalized any worry, but just, it, it, there was just this nagging anxiety and frustration that I was feeling that was underlying. It was kind of like a low level underlying feeling. And I wasn't really able to be conscious of it for the, the whole process, I think, because I was so, I was working diligently towards that. And to me, this was this culmination of six months of work to find the location and then finally drilling down to a property. And, you know, I was sort of like all, you know, full steam ahead, but, but pacing myself. So it, and I'm very busy running my own business and everything like that. And, you know, and then all life and whatnot too. Right. So it it was like it kind of surfaced. It had been surfacing over the last, I think between when they finally, before they got the contract to me, it took forever. And it really was making me kind of really anxious. And then when they finally got it to me, it felt a lot better, but then I, I had to wait. It was really odd. I, for some reason, the firm that I retain, the law firm that I retain, normally it takes three, three business days to review a contract for some weird reason. And they even called me and they didn't understand why it had taken that long. And they were apologetic, but they didn't really understand what had happened. I sort of slipped through the cracks and it ended up taking, um, over, I think it was like 11 or 12 days. So I'm sitting here like biting my, you know, the proverbial biting my nails, like waiting, like, you know, why is this taking so long and calling and trying to figure out like when it's going to happen and how come it's taking so long and nobody knew. And it was just one of those things. It was just something was just I don't know how to it was just it felt off kind of but it wasn't really on the surface of my mind it wasn't fully conscious to where I was like this is off this isn't right it was more like I was just mucking around in it and I was stuck in it and I couldn't really speak <laughs> so um as all of that's happening you know and I'm waiting I've sent the 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 request you know at, via my attorney's advice you know the counsel that I got um, and I'm waiting now it's the balls back in their court. And I think right after I had sent that, I was just, I, I kind of very quickly after that realized like, wow, I'm back exactly where I had been for most of the time I was waiting for them to get the contract to me, which took them probably a month to do, which is a long time to wait. Um, and it just did not sit right with me. So, but I'm just kind of being really patient, you know, and, and dotting my I's and crossing my T's and just trying to be really polite and patient. Well, so by the time I go on this walk and I kind of like find my happy place again or whatever, and I come back and I just have this wild idea that comes out of nowhere to go look online. And then the first thing I see is a parcel literally almost right next to the one that I've been, you know, almost that I'm almost going to buy. And, you know, and then it just, there was just something, I sort of just thought maybe there was something about that. And then I received these, uh, clairaudient words. I have been receiving clairaudient messages for years and I write them down verbatim whenever I get them. And I have, um, long, I mean, I, 
if I, if I ever publish this or whatever, it'll be like a, a small book of how much I've been given. And though there was something about, um, you know, taking it to my higher, you know, plane or self or whatever. I don't remember. I wrote it down, but it, but it, it's been days. So I'm kind of like fuzzy on exactly what the words were, but at the time I wrote them down verbatim and it was something about taking it to your higher place or, you know, something like that. And I was just kind of thinking about how when I had gone on that walk and I had done that little emotional process work on the first little tiny leg of my little journey up the hill, I basically, that's exactly what I did. I basically transmuted my, my frequency. I, I changed my, my frequency, my vibrational frequency within moments. Um, and I was able to shed off some sort of really dark feelings and just get happy. And I do believe that that was what allowed me to connect with sort of like source or whatever you want to call it. And therefore draw in this thought of, you know, or this guidance or whatever it was to go look online, which led me to this other parcel of land. And this other parcel of land, by the way, that's to the south of the original parcel, it's five acres too. And the original parcel is $40,000 what they're offering. And the, the parcel that's to the south that I discovered after going on this walk was eight thousand two hundred dollars <laughs> so it's less than a quarter of the price and granted part of the pro and con listing that i did was that the forty thousand dollars would get me a shade structure and a, a water tank and a couple of small watt solar panels like 300 watts total in an outdoor shower i don't know why they were doing an outdoor shower but i was like cool whatever on hot days that might be nice um and a concrete pad and i was going to drive my rv under that and that's why we had asked, my, my attorney and I had asked that seller to provide a, a specification of what materials, what brands, you know, what exactly are you using to build this? What exactly are you, am I buying? You know, because it was pretty vague in the contract that they had written. So in the meantime, while I was, you know, waiting and waiting on this original seller, I was doing diagrams and, um, you know, calculations. And I was like, figuring out like, you know, if I were to build, um, my own shade structure, what would be the materials I would use? How would I do it? How many panels would I need? You know, how, you know, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I already had these sketches and whatnot. And I just, in my pros and cons, I basically listed everything out like, okay, what am I getting for the $40,000? And could I really just build that myself? And one of the things that kind of had I don't want to say rubbed me the wrong way, but given me a little moment of pause with the original parcel was that the sellers were really rigid on certain things and they would tell me one thing and then they'd come later and say, oh no, we've changed our minds or no, it's we actually can't do what we said we we're going to do for you. So it started out with the original seller telling me that he had this property that was $15,000 and he would, he would sell it to me. And then he had to go, but then he had to go talk to his partner who he was selling it with. And the partner came back and, or he had come back and said, no, the partner had said, no, he wanted to stick to the $40,000. So now it was $40,000 because they had this goal of making this specific amount of profit. And then at some point he later came back and said, no, it's actually $45,000 because the partner wanted to make this $40,000 was the profit that they had agreed they would make, or, you know, maybe they only paid 5,000 for it, which is incredible. But so there was a lot of that. And then the big thing that kind of got to me 
was actually that they said the shade structure would be 20 by 20. And then he said, because my RV is 25 feet long. So then he said later, um, we will, we'll, we'll modify it. We'll make it custom for you. It's whatever you need, you know, that's fine. And so I told him, well, maybe 28 feet long, you know, whatever. And, and then he came back again and was like, no, we can't, it has to be 20 by 20. And I'm so just kind of like back and forth and not feeling the greatest about it the whole time. But, you know, overall, I really, you know, kind of was at that point where I was ready to buy and it more or less was, was going to work and everything like that. But it, it was so interesting to do the pro cons list because what I ended up discovering about myself and about the whole experience and it was really kind of getting in touch with how I was actually feeling and realizing that the original parcel was already covered in plants. And I know that's really pretty odd for the desert, but obviously it's, you know, in the water, it's, it's, it's got a, it's like a, it's like probably what it is, is it's a low point in the watershed or it's a bowl um, or it's, or it's got some upwelling, you know, underground water, you know, source, right? Which is, is nothing to shake. It's, it's, that's big. That's not small potatoes. It's important. That's very important. It's amazing. It's kind of a miraculous thing, but there are other spots like that around in the area. I've looked in Google earth and I can see them They're They're in multiple places. It's not just that one spot, but, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's been a big day. Um, but what I was thinking about was the, the, what am I going to have to do? Oh yeah. So sorry. I, when I'm doing my pro and cons list, I kind of like came clear about something in my head. I was able to kind of, it's like when you clear your desk and you can really think clearly because you've gotten this other stuff taken care of. So when I was really looking at this, comparing the two parcels and figuring out, okay, what do I really think? How do I really feel about this? Cause they're this, they're the same amount of space and they're very different in price. And the first parcel has plants on it, um, covering the whole parcel. And the second parcel actually has um, a, a good stand. It looks like a dark green vegetation, but there is a large portion of it that's just desert. So that's obviously the big difference, right? Um, but also it doesn't have structure on it and, and, the, and the water tanks and whatnot, right? But the big thing that I kind of picked up on was like, oh, wow, you know what? This has been something that's been nagging on my mind that's actually quite important to me. And it's, it's kind of odd. It's unusual. Most people would probably say, oh my God, get the thing with the plants on it. But truly, I really want to do the work of transforming the desert. I want to green the desert. And I want to teach other people how to green the desert. That is really important to me. It's part of why I want to go out and boondock and, 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 you know, do this. This is the project. This is sort of my life's work, right? So if I buy a property that already has water and already has plants on it, I'm not really greening the desert, am I? I'm basically just kind of cheating. So that was actually this thing that was nagging on me for probably about a month and a half while I'm waiting on the seller and that whole thing is going on with the contract. And, um, but I just couldn't really face it until now for some reason. So I was, when that surfaced in my pros and cons list, I was like, wow, I'm really, actually, that's a big deal. That is actually a big part of, you know, the whole point of me doing this. So that really kind of woke me up a little bit or, you know, turned my mind on in a different way. And there were uh, several other things. I kind of uh, basically came to the conclusion that the 
the parcel that was less that had less plants on it that was just to the south um and was less than a quarter of the price of the other one was actually it actually had a higher amount of pros to cons ratio and it actually had the highest amount of pros of, of either of the two parcels considering everything and so I was like, okay, wow, am I going to do this? Am I really, is it, am I just feeling emotional? I'm making an emotional decision. You know, should I think about this? Should I sleep on this? You know what I mean? And, but it took me a couple, I took basically, I think the weekend to think it over and kind of roll it, roll it over my mind and really try to make sure that I wasn't just making an emotional decision. And by last night, I had pretty much decided that this is what I want to do. And I was sort of stunned, but I was like, no, wow. I don't think it's an accident that I was, you know, sort of directed or that I somehow managed to elevate my vibrational frequency and therefore rendezvoused with this thing that provided this better alternative and felt more comfortable in ways that I, I hadn't verbalized to myself before or really come conscious of prior to this. So basically my plan this morning was to contact the seller of the, the, the parcel that's to the South, the less expensive parcel and, and go forward with that. And lo and behold, and this is the part that really kind of will blow your mind. I think lo and behold, I get an email this morning from the original seller and no shit they actually said that they were going to rescind their offer to sell the property until they had built the structures and so they could get their profit, yada, blah, blah. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> you know? So I hope I've conveyed that clearly to you guys, if you're listening to this, because to me, it's really blowing my mind what happened I mean, more or less, I was investing all this time and a very large amount of money for me um, into something that didn't quite feel comfortable and was taking forever. And ultimately, if I didn't have a backup, I would have been left you know, with my pants down or whatever you want to, you know, analogy you want to use, like we're losing our house here and I'm driving off into the sunset with an RV. So I need to have somewhere to drive to. (laughs) There's no option. I'm not moving somewhere else in my town here in my city. I'm going out of state and going to, you know, getting out of here and getting out, going off grid. So like for that to fall through like that, for them to just rescind their offer because you know, they didn't want to specify specifically what exactly they were building for me. Um, that's, I mean, it blows my mind that something, you know, just came and fell in my lap and it's so much less expensive. So I am going to have all this other financial, all these other monetary resources to be able to do things like buy a shed and, you know, I would, I wanted to buy some domes originally and do Airbnb and for the, you know, with the domes, but I think I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do dry camping. I'm going to host dry camping. Um, and so don't need to get a dome, but I could at this point get a dome and just have it as a cool, like workshop, you know, teaching space, you know, yoga retreat, whatever. I did a lot of research 
in the last several months and found one. It's a 26 foot diameter dome. That's gigantic in my view. That's a huge dome. You know, I don't know how I would, how I would erect it, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. The fact that I would have the resources to be able to do that is, um, it's, it's pretty amazing to me. So this is like a big experience for me of having, I guess, been saved in the nick of time from, from something that wasn't right. And also somehow psychically, um, being given an alternative in the nick of time. Like it's just, it blows my mind. So that is what is happening. I am buying a different parcel of land that I have been planning to buy this entire time. And to be honest, I think it is a good move. And one of the most, one of the things that excites me the most when I was really looking at this parcel, this new parcel, the one that I actually bought today, (laughs) a dream come true is, um, the, the fact that it's right in the path of water flow in the monsoon season. So I looked in Google earth and far upstream, I should, when I say upstream, I'm talking about the desert, but you know, to the North, um, there is a, a Creek, um, running. I don't know if it's intermittent or year round, but there's a, you can see the line of green along it and you can see the undulating shape of it. So it's obviously some sort of waterway. And, and then there's the parcel that I had been considering buying, which is kind of like a puddle in a way. And then it looks like there's water flowing from that parcel, literally from the one I was going to buy. And that actually, I also discovered in this process of looking at the second parcel is actually the parcel itself is only, it's less than a half of that sort of puzzle puddle shape. It's sort of a circle in the desert of plants. Um, but it, there's water flowing from that, uh, puddle to the parcel that I bought. And it's very, very clear in Google earth. You can see the lines in the land of the water. And I, and just to be sure, cause there, there really aren't, I looked at a topo map and they're really, it's, it's quite flat really. So it was very difficult. I actually tried and tried to trace the lines and couldn't actually find any kind of reference to show me like what direction, if any, is the land sloping. And if it's flat, it's flat, but like, what the heck is the elevation? It was very difficult for me to find that information. Um, but anyway, I, so I looked South of that in Google earth and I did see what looked exactly like an alluvial fan, which you see at the at the, you know, the, where the, where a river will flow into the sea, you see this branching pattern. It's like the fractal growth pattern of, of all natural things. Um, but it's this, you know, this, it's, it fans out into these rivulets into, when it meets the sea. And that's exactly what I saw south of my property. And that's what confirmed for me, okay, this is in the path of water. Water is flowing across my land. And whenever I've looked at parcels, which I've looked at dozens and dozens and dozens of parcels over the last, you know, eight months now, um, I would really perk up whenever I would see any sign of water flow across the property. And it was very hard to find. It was very rare that I would ever find that. Almost, almost never. This one has a very distinct flow right through it. And it also has, I told you that it has a patch of dark green foliage or vegetation of some kind that is, uh, it matches by the way, the dark green on the original parcel that's on the perimeter of that. Um, and so 
it's shaped in this arrowhead and the arrowhead points north. And what I was able to gather from looking in Google Earth and kind of getting a sense of the lay of the land and really studying the hydrology, the signs of the hydrology, the surface hydrology, is that it looks exactly like when you have a river and it's flowing in one direction, which rivers do, and you have any kind of gathering of material or sediment it's, it will, it will form that shape. It'll form the shape of an arrowhead pointing upstream because the water is eroding away on the sides and there's this point. And that is exactly what is on my property. It's an arrowhead of dark green. And then, you know, today I just looked at it briefly again and there are some small other patches. So basically this is an absolute gold mine because what I can do is I can use rocks and I can use, I'm probably just going to use rocks because it's the simplest thing. Um, and I'll do like a single course on contour, which would be perpendicular to that flow that, that I see in the, in Google earth. And then I'll be able to observe on the land itself, of course, and allow sediment to gather behind those rocks upstream, if you will, of those rocks. And I'll seed that with natives, you know, hardy native seeds, um, plants. And what will happen over time is that will allow water to stay on the site rather than run across and off the site, right? And there's many other things that I'm going to do, but this to me is more beautiful and my passion is, uh, is just inspired and lit by this opportunity to, to heal and to, to better something, I really felt almost kind of lazy and complacent and like, you know, that movie Wally kind of with the first parcel, to be honest, <laughs> I know that sounds counterintuitive, but that's how I feel. And so anyway, I, this is a really, really big day and I bought my land. So now I finally was able to commit and I bought my shade structure roofing material and I'm going to go and buy my posts and I'm going to bring them out there and all my hardware and I bought a post hole digger and I'm going to buy cement and I'm going to get uh, the beams and the, you know, all the other little things I'm going to need because the shade structure is going to go up the, I'm going to get water tanks, probably two 1200 gallon tanks, or maybe even two 2500 gallon tanks, probably two 2500 gallon tanks ultimately. And I think what I'll do is when I get out there, I'll immediately have, I'll order a, you know, delivery of some like, you know, those whites, they're like cubes and they're in those cages. I'll get probably one or two of those delivered full, full of water, just, you know, to have something for sure on site, just in case, you know, but I want to set up that, that water uh, system and I want to set up that shade structure. That's the first imperative thing. So I'll be working on that. And, um, I pretty much plan on doing it myself. I know that it's, um, a big thing to tackle, but I've thought about it and, you know, it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, four by four posts, um, you know, metal, uh, foot footings that go into concrete, um, you know, that's, that's buried in the ground and then, um, all the metal hardware that allows you to, you know, connect the, the, the probably, 
you know, I don't know yet what the, the, you know, cross beams, well, the beams will be, but a smaller gauge of wood, you know, um, you know, hardware to anchor it and then anchoring the metal or, and I think it's, I think it's a, I also got, I think I got like a composite. It's not, I don't think it's metal. I think it's a, it's much stronger than fiberglass, um, more modern material than, uh, what we used to use back in the day, but I'll anchor it, you know, everything just to anchor all that stuff. So I'm going to do all those calculations and get all that squared away and bring that out with me to that spot so that I'm not having to then figure out like, okay, now I got to drive to the nearest lumber, you know, all that stuff. I'm I'm certainly going to go get more stuff from, you know, local, you know, area, but I want to make sure that I have it with me when I arrive because, um, I just want to be self-sufficient. So that is kind of what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have to figure all this out. And it's awesome. I've already done a lot of work on figuring it out. And there's more YouTube videos I can watch. Like for instance, I want to figure out exactly how to run a, the, you know, I can attach the gutter. That's pretty straight. You know, that seems pretty intuitive and straightforward how to do that. But like, okay, how do I get, how do I attach the pipe from the gutter down to the tank? And then I need to have an overflow from the first tank into the second tank. And how exactly do I do that? And, you know, so I'm going to have to buy all these like fittings and pipes and joints and whatever (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Right. So that's the kind of thing I was thinking of figuring out. And then I've got like, need to have an overflow valve or not an overflow valve, but a valve coming off of one of the tanks, um, you know, to, to use it, to get the water out, you know, to use it for whatever, um, irrigation. And, and, you know, then I'm going to have to have a pump to pump it into the RV to refill the freshwater tank. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of other things that I'm going to do that that involve plants, um, obviously, but that comes sort of second. I'm going to bring a bunch of plants out there, but I'm going to do probably, yeah, I'm definitely going to do ancient irrigation techniques to keep them, you know, satisfied until they can really kind of get them into the ground and established. And even when I get them into the ground, I'm going to use ancient irrigation techniques to really reduce my, the the water need for them and make it a lot easier for them to survive. Um, I'm going to have to do fencing, um, you know, rabbit protection from rabbits and, you know, maybe grazing deer and stuff. Um, And then I, have my water boxes, but I need to get, um, the tree protectors and the water boxes I ordered did not come with tree protectors. And the headquarters said that, yeah, you need to have them, but they're, they don't sell them here in the States. And the people I bought the boxes from, they aren't responding and they didn't have the option to purchase them with my order of the boxes. And so that's something that I need to figure out. But ultimately it's going to happen in stages. First thing is shade, rainwater catchment. Those are the two things and they go together. And then of course the solar system, I forgot to mention that. So I finally had a, <laughs> you guys, if you can follow me, I, I applaud you. Cause I know there's a lot here that I'm laying on you, but it is just what it's my life. It's what I'm doing. So thanks for keeping up with me and listening. If you are tuning in. Um, but so the solar system, I finally had a breakthrough with my RV, my mobile RV technician. <laughs> he's so, he's such a character. Luckily, I'm very patient and tolerant um, for the most part. But this guy, he will get mad at you because you ask questions and he'll get really, really emotional and moody and he does not know how to communicate it. And the other day when he came over, it was like the third time that he'd really, you don't, I mean, he just doesn't understand customer service like at all. 
and he started getting, you know, like, like, what's the word? Kind of like just brusque with me. And I just looked at him and I said, you seem really upset. And he disarmed him immediately. And he was just kind of like, uh, well, you know, and I said, listen, if you, need, I'll come back when you're done and we can do a Q and A at that time. And then it just completely calmed him down, of course. And then, so when he was ready, he was much more open maybe because he, he just doesn't, I guess he doesn't work well when someone's watching him <laughs> or asking questions because he thinks he's going to make a mistake. So, but I had this breakthrough with him that went beyond, well, that wasn't even the breakthrough. The breakthrough, breakthrough was maybe because he was able to calm down from his like I don't know, anxiety, but he, he literally was like, you know, I had an idea. You know what you could do is you could have like a cart and you could have your batteries in the cart because you're buying land. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I planned to do. And he just, he was, it was like, it was finally dawning on him what I was asking him about. Cause I had been asking him like, how do you, you know, how do you do what? Cause I didn't know the first thing about solar when I first started working with this guy and he's come out now three times to work on my coach. The in, so basically the, everything but the moat, the engine of the RV. And he kept on telling me, you can't do that. It's impossible to do that. You know? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's possible. There's people doing it. They've been doing it for years. Don't tell me it's not possible. Cause that's just not true. And you know, he was, he would kind of, it was like he would hint at stuff, but not really give me any answers. And I was very frustrated. So I found a solar designer and I was trying to work with them, but they kept on asking me, we can't give you a real quote until we know which of your appliances are actually run on gas versus solar. What are you, you know, what are you trying to run so we can give you a quote? So I finally got this RV technician to actually answer the question, what, it, what appliances run on gas? And he finally was able to like see what I was asking, which was, and it's so beautiful because he just said, all you need are just cords. They just like zero gauge wires, insulated wires that run directly from the panels to your battery pack. And I'm like, that's it. And and then, and then how do they connect to the RV? Oh, they just replace these two wires here that go to this battery. You just replace them with much longer wires that would go to your battery pack instead. And then that goes straight to the solar panels. And I'm like, oh, there's no, you, you mean I don't have to run it through the RV somehow and hook it all into this craziness? And he's like, no. And I, it was just this amazing breakthrough. So finally, <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically moving forward with my solar design as well. And I'm just going to buy the biggest system I can, that, that they make basically. And I'm going to do lithium batteries and, um, I'll have them, you know, bring them out there with me, bring it all out there with me and I'll buy a shed and we'll do a, a really strong, I already bought my padlock. So you can't, it's one of those ones where you can't really get a bolt cutter around it. And, um, I'll just, yeah, I'll put them, put a store in the shed and, you know, put the panels on the, on the roof. And the nice thing is I'll be able to have the panels, you know, catching, capturing power from the sun while I'm building the shade structure. So the shade structure is going to do two things. It's going to, it's going to course water. It's going to collect dew and rain for my water tanks, and it's going to hold the solar panels. So it's going to be tilted to the south. So just a little bit, the original, uh, parcel, the original seller of the original parcel, um, he wanted to do like just a foot, uh, difference in, in elevation for the roof. So I figured that's probably what I'll do because he lives out, he lives out in the area. So he, he should know, I would think. So, um, yeah, I'm going to buy four 
four by four, and I'm going to be by five, four by four posts, I think. And I'll use the fifth post. I'll cut that down into several sections. I won't need all of it. I'll get, probably I'll get four, uh, four by 12, uh, posts because 12 feet will be the minimum that the RV needs clearance. It'll just barely, it'll be perfect, you know, perfect clearance. It'll be maybe a foot above the RV, but that way I can just do the eight, the 12, uh, 12 foot long posts. And then I'll get like an eight long, eight foot long four by four post. And I'll cut that so I can get two one foot long segments so that I can attach those onto the top of two of the four by fours. So I can raise the, the roof on the north side of the uh, shade structure roof about a foot. So it'll be 13 feet high on one end on the, on the north end, and it'll be 12 feet high on the south end. And then I'm going to do the tanks probably um, on one side on the west or on the east because that way I can actually have trees, shade trees or illuminate or both that will help keep the water cool in the tanks without blocking the sun. So that's that. And then uh, as far as the animals go, I'm going to get a dog probably next weekend, which I'm so excited about. It's kind of going to like change my whole life, actually. <laughs> um, I've always wanted a dog and I never, never had a place I could have a dog. So this is going to be epic. But uh, anyway, so to keep the animals safe um, while they're getting used to the new site, you know, and as I'm building it out and whatnot, protecting them from animals and whatnot, um, I have... Uh, I bought chicken wire because I was trying to save cost and I thought I would be attaching it to the post of that metal thing that he was going to build me, that, that other seller. Um, but now since I'm building my own structure and I'm doing it out of wood, I have way more leeway. I can do more. I can actually do artwork on the posts and I can attach things. I can do a hammock and it's just better. Um, you know, mosquito netting and, and, you know, cabinetry and whatever I want to do. So, but, uh, so I think what I want to do potentially is do a garden off one of the sides of it. So it's connected and I can use the, I don't, I think maybe I'll use like the chicken wire for the, for the garden. And maybe what I'll do is get some really nice looking like rectangular. Um, it's, it's like a much thicker gauge of wire that is, so it just be, it would be more sturdy, I guess, more permanent. And I'll run that probably around the posts of the shade structure. So there's just this like, you know, like maybe a 20 by 20 or 20. It'll probably be more like 20, you know, maybe 30 by, you know, 30 by 20 or something so that the RV fits under it. And there'll be a nice patio space outside the RV. Um, but that I'll enclose it basically so that the animals will have plenty of space um, to be outside and to be comfortable and I can have the cat food outside and the, you know, the litter box, actually I'm going to do a litter box and I'm going to do Bokashi for the litter box, which I'm so excited about because I, you know, I'm really concerned about, um, recycling and waste cycling out there. And, you know, I'm going to do compost toilet. I'm going to do humanure. I'm going to do gray water. I mean, it's going to be pretty awesome. So I was very, very, just delighted to find Bokashi. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically, it's composting through anaerobic fermentation rather than aerobic composting, which is what most people do is the, the aerobic normal, you know, where you have to turn it with a pitchfork and you have that disgusting fruit fly laden, um, maggot 
attracting like thing on your kitchen counter that is just it smells and everything. This is totally different. You have your bokashi, you actually seal it anaerobically and then you cook it for like a while, several weeks, I think two, two or three weeks. And then it's ready to be buried. You can just literally bury it directly around your, um, you know, I would say for a cat box, I would do that around ornamental plants, you know, plants used for fencing, because I'm going to do living fences and stuff. Um, things you're not going to eat. Um, but you can bury that right around, just like you would a fish, you know, like you ever heard of burying a fish around a, a tree and it's perfect fertilizer. Well, it's the same kind of thing. You're enriching your soil. And so basically that's fantastic. It's like free fertilizer and it's keeping the toxins out because the anaerobic bacteria actually, they totally take care of the toxins. So they make it safe. I mean, it's just awesome. It's just, it's an old Japanese technique and I bought my, I have my buckets lined up. I'm going to buy them and I'm going to make my own because the RV is very tiny. It's 200 square feet. It's a tiny home, very tiny, tiny home. Um, and so all these Bokashi kits you can buy are like gigantic for what I, for my space. And they're all, you know, they always say, oh, small space. You know, I'm like, that's not small space. It's gigantic. Where am I going to put that? So I found some buckets that are like one gallon buckets and I'll make several of them. And um, that will be, they'll fit, you know, in my space in the RV. Um, and yeah, so basically I could just go on and on and ramble on, enjoy about all this. But the main things I just wanted to convey to you was that one, I bought my land today. I finally bought it. The, the deed has been notarized. The wire transfer has gone through. It's going to be mine very, very shortly. It is mine, I guess. Um, and, um, and then the other thing is that the miracle of how I got my land and how I almost bought the wrong land and how I almost also ended up empty handed, but what through divine providence and my own somehow, you know, happy luck or, or maybe embedded skill set at this point of being able to change my vibration to manifest this alternative thing just in the nick of time, um, and save me a bunch of money. So, uh, I just wanted to share all that with you because it's, it's a big deal for me. And so this podcast will be evolving as I make my way out to the land and then I get to the land and then I start building everything I'm talking about building. And then as I start getting into the agriculture of it, the, the permaculture, the permanent agriculture of, of developing this site and regreening this portion of desert, um, and then teaching workshops to my fellow desert dwellers and really showing people how to do it too. And, and really, you know, it's just going to be this big long-term unfolding. So this is just the early stages and amazing things are happening. Big things are happening. Um, this is the biggest thing I've ever manifested in my entire life. And I'm so grateful and so excited and kind of scared, but really, I think it's the right thing to do. And, um, Thanks for hanging in there with me and there's only going to be more fun and exciting adventures to come. So, uh, have a great rest of your week and, um, let me know if you have comments or questions for me and share this with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.